Kids are coming back from holiday break. So it's January 6th, 1992. Um, they're coming back from holiday break. It's the first time that the break has been referred to as the holiday break in the school. Um, because over the last few decades, Maple Oak has been getting gradually, slowly more religious diversity. So it, it began, the town began to diversify in the, in the late 60s. Um, a few Palestinian families um, moved into the area. There's a bigger um, South Asian enclave in Maple Oak, and I'm not I'm not entirely sure what it looks like yet. Um, I I like the idea of the town being kind of like this, not like a major like refugee kind of enclave or anything like that, but like a, a place where where families who have been fleeing different conflicts kind of maybe like a stopping off point, maybe a place for families that had like tried to make a go of it in San Francisco or, um, or Seattle who then moved more inward or inland. So like maybe, uh, um, families who have fled the Kashmir region. I thought, I thought that could be interesting. I like the idea of there, of there being like small clusters of different types of refugee groups against the backdrop of this kind of like aspiring bourgeois town right that's that's trying to like get past its working class origins and so all this is to say is that the town's been been diversifying enough that calling it christmas break was no longer really politically correct in the town um enough enough families pushed back against it um that the the school board called it holiday break and so for the kids it's not anything that's like you know meaningful in any way but for some of the kids that they're interacting with i think it it would be um and i haven't fleshed out any of those kids yet this was part of the 2 a.m <laughs> i i really i really like that um because you know up in minnesota that's that's minneapolis and small town minnesota yeah. right now mm -hmm. like 2020 you know none of us are outside but that's still the uh that's still the case so that's really it's as true in 92 as it is in, in yeah. 2002 so yeah i dig that yeah i mean the part of michigan i grew up in had a, a pretty large um southeast asian and south asian population um so i'm definitely drawing from like i had a lot of friends who were hindu or sikh growing up and i liked i, I know that jonah had mentioned wanting to include an npc who was a muslim girl um and and I like the idea of using this as a way to explore some of the ways that Islamophobia has kind of swept in um, non-Islamic peoples. Um, like, and so specifically, like a lot of the hate crimes that have been perpetrated against Sikhs, just because people are dumb and and can't. Well, just because people are dumb. Not that I expect there to be any kind of like hate crime stuff in this in this story at all, but I I. 
I think that's a population that I, I, I think I want to include here. And then I had another idea too, um, and I'm totally spacing on it now. I wanted there to be some kind of like, oh, I know. Um, I used to work with somebody whose mom uh, traveled the country going to different like pop-up revivals and got into a, a big discussion with her about whether or not Catholics were really Christian. And so I wanted there to be some element of that in this game. Um, some, like, hardcore... And I don't even know what it would look like. Um, <clears throat> but some some very, very conservative um, evangelical group in town that, oh. that may have oh, also, can... like, like, unwittingly contributed to the holiday break discussion. You know what I mean? Uh, yep, that's... Uh, I can help with that. Unfortunately, because <laughs> I, I just think like with I, I don't know like I, I I wanted to do I think like this is a good way to get into religious diversity because I think that yeah. part of the game and like the the how selective like superpowers and magic and stuff is I think it really lends itself to almost like a social religion kind of thing almost like accidentally it's none of our areas. Um, but if there's anybody listening who <laughs> specializes in that, I, I think there's like something potentially, there's something there, you know? Well, yeah, I think it's cool because um, that's small D discourse, but also capital D discourse. And that's, you know, religion mm-hmm. is political. So, yep. uh, yeah. so I think that there's plenty of expertise in the, uh, in the chat, but mm-hmm. also plenty of, hopefully plenty of expertise listening as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, I think this dumb story. I've been reading the Expanse books, and so there's a, a big storyline. You know what I'm talking about in the yes. third one, which was probably the best part of that book. Um, so just trying to like find a respectful way to to bring to bring this in. Um, the other thing it, I wanted to, to note: the number one song on the charts this week is "Black or White" by Michael Jackson. If you have not seen that video. It's a a strong recommendation. <laughs> that is the the official stance of of the show to watch that. I remember when that when that debuted. It was it debuted on primetime television on Fox, nineteen ninety one. Um, like I think like an eight an eight p.m. time slot. I remember my parents making us watch it because like Michael Jackson's debuting something new. This is important. You need to watch it, and it's such a bizarre video. <laughs> So I I showed it in class last semester and my students were baffled. <laughs> so uh if you have not seen that, please, please take the time. It's not the weirdest song on that album. I think the uh Remember the Time video is probably remembered more because that is that is bizarre as well. But um yeah, so black or white and then also too legit to quit. Um, by MC Hammer, blowing up the charts. <laughs> so uh, we've got that. So the kids, um, uh, we have our our three. I, I don't want to call them bizarre. Let's call them quirky, maybe. Yeah. Uh, our, our three. Our misfits. Our yeah, it's our three misfit girls: Sam, Chris, and Aylin. Um. Uh, back to school. I had planned on putting together their full class schedule, but that felt like too much, too much like work. <laughs> so <laughs> did not want to, did not want to do that. Um, but we know that they, they don't have any class, all three of them together. 
Um, but there are classes where two of them are in. Um, and so we had talked about how Sam and Chris um, probably ended up in the same gym class and that Chris and Aylin ended up in the same, um, I think we were talking about a science class. I think it would be funny if they took, if they were in biology together. Um, and we know that they have, uh, and it was Chris had the chemistry background. Yeah. And so I, I don't want to put her in chemistry because that's super easy. I think putting her in something that's kind of tangential where she might have to work for it. I don't know. I, it's funnier to me. And then like having to dissect the frog and stuff. Like a classic high school experience here. And then we need a class for Sam and Aylin to be in. Right. So I think that would be, let's, let's just put them in like English together. Put them in English. Um, Sounds good. And then the other thing was that uh, Aylin has an agreement um, where she gets to take a sixth period off to leave school early to go to work. So she's going to be missing out on any kind of like after school stuff. She, and I, and I don't think it was even necessarily like her idea to do this. I think that people pulled strings um, to, to kind of get her out of school early. So she'd have to go and, and do that. So it's probably like maybe the principal likes to go there or so like there's somebody like somebody wants to go there to the diner part of the the mustard area after school <laughs> and, and so she kind of is the the low girl on the i yeah i really like the idea and sean i jump in but i like the, the really paternalistic idea that i like we're gonna help you out by kicking you out of school an hour early so yep. you can go work because you yep. need to work. Like, it wasn't her idea, but the adults in her life are sort of... I mean, maybe it is good, but it definitely was taking the agency away from her as, like, they're trying to, like, be good educators and reach the kids and, yeah, you know, and it's, beat them where they're at. Yep. They didn't even ask her. Yeah. <laughs> like, take this period off. Go work at the Mustardium. Yeah. Yeah, thinking, like, you know, she really needs the money, but not, but not realizing that like the $2 an hour she makes plus tips is not really going to amount like, and and it's going to be like, what you're working from two to like, you pick up that two o'clock shift. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but there's a lot of, a lot of self-congratulatory, like a lot of back padding. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Super paternalistic. So uh, the girls come back, um, from the holiday break. Um, there's that like second, first day of school, like vibe in the air, right? All the kids are excited to show off like the new clothes that they got over the holidays, new music, um, you know, like all kinds yeah. of that, that status symbol stuff that, that kids use to replicate like their own social Ooh, class. When did the, when did the calculator watch the Casio one? Oh, that would definitely be out. Because I think that was that, that was an eighties thing. That was I bet. a big deal at my school. Because we weren't allowed to, to use calculators, so kids that had that one. Um, oh, that was nineteen seventies, according to Wikipedia. The good people, at Wikipedia. Huh. Yeah, I know there. I can remember. I don't remember what movies specifically, but I know there's eighties movies where the kids have have those. Or like the Yellow Walkman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. I'm sure there's a kid who got a leather jacket, 
who's probably kind of dorky, <laughs> but now he's got this leather jacket um, that makes his shoulders look way bigger <laughs> than they actually are, um, who's, there, who's there to show off. So everybody gets there. There are signs up for the uh, the spring musical. Um, the auditions are this week, and it's it's going to be Phantom of the Opera, and the school is pumped for this. Auditions are going to be held at the end of the week um, after school uh, in the gym. You'll be if you if any of you want to audition. The auditions are being run by two of the teachers. Um, the music teacher slash choir leader slash I think she probably is like the marching band director. Um, she's like everything artsy, and I had a name for her and I completely just spaced on it. So let me pause on her. The other person who's going to be there is the gym teacher slash football coach, who is involved in the musical um, as kind of like he was roped into it to be the tech director and he's really just there to make sure that none of the kids get hurt because there are kids there who would have seen this um like perform professionally and know about the um the chandelier stunt and so they're very excited about that and you know like the kids who are into this are are already like talking about like they want to do wire work and um all kinds of like way over the top like stuff that's way beyond a small high school's budget so uh, Mr. Muncie is his name, uh, Frank Muncie. He is, uh, the stereotypical, he's like the epitome of, of like everybody's gym teacher. He is a, uh, Vietnam vet. Um, he has an American flag tattoo on his bicep that you can only see the bottom half of because he, he always wears these like skin tight shirts. Um, he's, he's the gym teacher with like the small arms and small legs, but like rock hard beer gut. <laughs> <laughs> like I got a keg under his shirt. Um, the crew cut. He never smiles. Um, he is not happy about about having to do this thing in the musical. Um, so he'll be he'll be there as part of the auditions, and then um, <clears throat> the music teacher's name is Mrs. Rockwell, um, and that's just what the, the kids have no idea what her first name is. She is. She's older, um, probably in her her mid to late fifties. Um, she was. Does this work out time wise? Yeah, she was definitely like a hippie, like a hardcore hippie when she was younger. She has that air about her. Um, lots of like like big earrings and like big necklaces, almost like like kind of like costumey, but not not really like lots of like. Um, long, like flowing skirts with like several layers. She's a lot. She never matches. Nothing she wears ever matches. She has no like color coordination. Um, her classroom has lots of like crystals. Um, she, when she has to teach the art class, she has the kids making like dream catchers. <laughs> um, wow. big, big into that flashback there, right? Oh, she yeah. she has collections of um did you make god's eyes in school? Do you know what those are? Um uh, is this a simple like yarn and popsicle stick thing? She's got a, she's got probably like a hundred of those from from previous students that she's kept. There probably are rumors that she's a witch. <laughs> now that it, as I say it out loud. 
and there would be there would be stories in town of a witch who lives in the woods um and so sometimes like the the kids who don't like having to do all the art stuff might try to start up rumors that it's mrs rockwell um but by and large she's like just a very sweet lady i like Um, i like the idea that instead like yeah witch but like because this is right after like the the D and D panic. Yep. Right. So it's like that. It's Wiccan, right? The, yeah. It's, it's like there's like tarot cards. So it's like not like a witch from storytelling, mm-hmm. or like, from like fairy tales, but like when we say witch, yep. we mean the occult. We mean booga boo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's that, especially in that that ties in really well with the people who are also not super happy with the holiday party. Yep. Especially since there are real life <laughs> Satanists in the school. Yeah. This hippie, for example. Like, I think that's really interesting. <laughs> this, it's like, she's a nice old lady. <laughs> this hippie, for example. This godless hippie. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely the teacher that the kids have made up the most rumors about because she is so eccentric. She's probably gotten in trouble for doing tarot readings <laughs> during her planning period. She's got a letter in her file. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, but she's got tenure. Um, and she's the only, she's the only person who can, um, like nobody else will, will do her job with such gusto as she does. So like the school board probably sees her as like, it's, it's worth the hassle of having her around because this was before like music programs were getting cut and stuff. Right. She's on phantom and that yeah. would be good for the town. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is a place where like the spring musicals bring in like a decent gate for the school, you know? <laughs> so instead of having the kids going around selling boxes of candy bars, like they can count on a, you know, a week, a one week run of phantom to bring in like a decent amount of cash, um, for the, for the school. Um, and there's probably politics too, about like how that money is spent. And maybe that's why Mr. Muncie is there too, because this is going to go towards buying new like football uniforms or something like that. And it all, it all goes into the activities budget slush fund. Yeah. And Rockwell doesn't care where the money goes because she, number one, she's a hippie and number two, she's just there for the art. Right. And, and like theater, theater <laughs> art, is alive. <laughs> and she's good friends with Chris's parents. Oh, for sure. Yup. <laughs> Definitely. But even Chris doesn't know her real like first name. Yep. <laughs> like, even, uh-huh. like it's just a, like, Nobody knows. Yep. Yep. Um, maybe she should be the witch. <laughs> maybe maybe she should be. And it is like, just like... Like in Python? It's like, ah, it's a good cop. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I really like the idea of her being like that, like so eccentric and like... And so thinking of like the Blair Witch Project, right? Like maybe she does live in this yeah. little, this little cabin out in the woods... Uh, everybody else just lives in the town, but she lives in this like little stone cabin. <laughs> she she's probably told them in class that she doesn't have a TV, which the kids would be like really weirded out by, because um, this was a generation that would have grown up with TV in the ho- with uh, just like one TV in the house. There might there are probably kids who are affluent enough in Maple Oak to have a TV in their room, which is like a major '80s and '90s status symbol for kids. So that she doesn't have the TV and she doesn't understand, like their whatever their pop culture references would be, I think would would kind of fuel some of that. And so I I like her. I, I think I I think this is maybe she is a Wiccan. Okay. So uh, what's what is what are your reactions when you get to school that first day? 
and you see the phantom sign up is this something that that your characters are excited about does anybody have the urge to audition for this she i think chris has a secret urge because she kind of wants to fit in but then doesn't have the guts to mm-hmm. work audition so then makes fun of those who want to audition okay would chris be somebody who would try to get on the tech crew for it and do like the stage building Probably. and and that she type of stuff. Do the, the the effects like the like the smoke. And okay. The, like the lighting and stuff. Kind of yeah. The lighting and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Chris would show up for the audition, and like, uh, Mister Muntz, Miss Muncy rolls his eyes. <laughs> like he's he's already tired of having to to deal with her, um, on a normal basis, and is like great like yeah. this. Okay, um, so now having to add, like, you can see him, like, making the calculations of, like, what is this girl going to do that could potentially get herself killed in the course of trying to do this because she is so extra, in my mind, and would probably want to go all out um, on trying to make this an almost in, like a laser light show. <laughs> Her techniques um, are going to be a problem. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She she probably knows how to make her own gunpowder, <laughs> and has has probably experimented with fireworks before. Is my oh, guess. Of course. Yeah, got in trouble a couple of times for bringing. She brought an M eighty to school once. <laughs> so, uh, what is what does Chris think about? Like this entire scene, since we're talking about her, like what's her? What are her thoughts on these teachers? What are her thoughts on the idea of being involved in this musical? What's she thinking? I was thinking maybe Chris really did want to do these things and would like to be involved, and maybe Alan encourages her because she's the only person who knows it. Because Chris walks around being a jerk to everyone because she doesn't want to be perceived as you know not fitting in so mm-hmm. it's easier to be mad at people and, and pretend like you don't want it than to be rejected right um so Aylin obviously can't do this because they've very kindly let her have the end of the day to go work so there's no way she could do it mm-hmm. but she could encourage chris because she knows yeah. that chris really is just acting out yeah yeah what would like how would chris try to pitch herself as being like I'm I'm the one that you should hire, or I got you should put me in charge of of like the lighting and everything. What would her What would her pitch be? I mean, I think she'd bring in like a little mini kind of chemistry experiment with, that would produce that would produce you kind of the smoke <laughs> of the Phantom of the Opera kind of thing. <laughs> okay, Joan, do you have dice? Have you got dice no, yet? Okay. I got it yet. So I'm going to roll for you then. Because I really want there to be <laughs> rolls like, in this. Dice! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she brings in this this random chemistry experiment that has actually like nothing to do with the job that she's trying to apply for. Um, <laughs> but she worked really hard on it. And uh, Mrs. Rockwell is just like overflowing with like she doesn't understand anything that chris did (laughs) she doesn't she is not um science literate i think 
Um, but she can tell that she worked very hard on it. Um, and it's probably like a lava volcano or something like that, or a, um, a baking soda volcano. Um, and so uh, her and, and Muncie are both more concerned about like uh, the mess that it could make <laughs> than, than anything. And Chris is just like going on and on and on about it and is getting into like like some of the geology behind it and this is this is you know one type of volcano and there's like the teachers are like are there more than one kind of volcano like i'm not sure about that um and but she gets the job really just to like as a way of getting her rushed out of there to shut up <laughs> yeah yep yep uh-huh so uh sam and aelin don't want anything to do with the show right Hard pass. Hard pass from Sam. Super corny. Yeah. Uh, super corny. Too many people. Please just... Ugh. No <laughs> thanks. Okay. So many other things to do with my time uh-huh. that are better. Like, <laughs> I just got... She just got the, the new follow-up from De La Soul. Yeah. And she would rather listen to that <laughs> than Andrew Lloyd Webber lyrics. Like, <laughs> Nah. But how about because like it would be great to have their what if like for example you get in trouble and get a detention and your detention is that you have to do something in terms of the production you don't necessarily have to sing but they could make like they can make you a part of some of the team what what team it could be makeup it could be costuming Man- mandatory like, fun mandatory fun yeah because well I don't it. What, uh, I'm trying to figure out what would what would be what would be compulsory um, stage building. Yeah, I mean, I could be on the. Building. Yeah, I could be part of the. Could be part of the the crew, you know. Given, but what would I? Have, what would Sam have done? Tardy, like truant. So like showing up on time. <laughs> yeah, tardy truant, or you know, maybe getting caught faking. Like using a fake like note in gym class or something. Because you want to get think, out of gym. Class. I think I think I think tardiness. Right? They're like I just didn't. Sam just didn't. Uh, just sat have, in the hallway. Yeah. Just well, just wasn't time. like wasn't super motivated to get there on time. And uh, people have been hassling her for a while. Her her teachers have been hassling for a while. And so again. Rather than go give her like a, a detention, they knew she wouldn't show up to, or like a Saturday, you know, like make her go, like yeah. they're gonna be like, you know what you need to do, you need to get plugged into the school for some school spirit. Yep. that'll make yeah. you that'll yep. make you come to class more. Like I'm trying to think uh-huh. of like the paternalistic type <laughs> yep, stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Like like you don't like, Aylin doesn't get to be in school, yeah, because it's what's good for her. But what's good <laughs> for Sam is that she has to like have more school spirit. Yep. And so right, Sam's yeah. totally jealous of Aylin that she has to go to right. work because yep. she right. doesn't get to go to this. Thing. Right, we we're talking about it in English class. Yep. You know, are you are you serious? Are you? I would, I would love to go work at the Mustardia. Then yeah. <laughs> I know how to use a screwdriver. I I can help build this set, but I can't believe they're making yeah. you do this because I was late to class. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Uh, so right. the a staple works for me. <laughs> A staple of high school musicals is um, the uh, the ways that they change the script that they buy um, to yeah. accommodate 
um, either like the size of the school or just the kids. And so uh, Mrs. Rockwell is totally happy to add a role to Phantom <laughs> um, to create. To, my wife is a theater director, and that I can <laughs> confirm. <laughs> create. There, there, there is a high school version of Phantom of the Opera that has much less, like, kidnapping. <laughs> Much less kidnapping. I just like the idea of Mrs. Yeah. Rockwell creating like a non-speaking part for Sam, where she has to be on stage a lot. But she's not like it's not like the chorus, right? She's not just like the faceless thing. It would be like I don't know. Like one of those really absurd things, like um, when they added lobsters into the Christmas pageant in uh, Love, Actually. Love Actually, like something like that. Like you stand in the like- back, lobster or something. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the idea that she's just part of the set dressing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm thinking about Phantom, and I'm thinking like she's one of the people that like brings paper on stage, right? And like that's all she. But so she never gets a chance to like relax backstage. She always has to like be doing no. something. Like it's not like like. She, she has to be always moving. She can't just like go sulk on a couch someplace. I know. Ex- I know exactly what it is. <laughs> so they they have they've just taken down all of the Christmas decorations, even though they're not allowed to officially call it like the like the cool the, the school Christmas party. Um, and so they have all this Christmas stuff that they've just they're just putting away. And so she decides that Phantom is going to be set during the holidays. And Sam, <laughs> Sam is going to be the Christmas tree, <laughs> and and so they they wrangle together like this super bad, <laughs> really really bad Christmas tree costume for her. Um, a they, green leotard. A green oh yeah, a green leotard. Um, I'm picturing like that little kid in the snowsuit in, in that really bad Christmas story movie yes. where he walks like this. Yep, I hate that movie so much. Yeah, but, me too. Oh, it's a it's become a point of contention when I go home now because my parents love it, and I I can't stand that movie. It's so bad. Um, yeah, I, so I like the idea of Sam having to. Like, there's a part where she has to be the Christmas tree, right? And it's it's That's- it's humiliating, but. Like it fits in with the paternalism of the school. I really, right? I really like the idea. Instead of a chandelier, it's a Christmas tree. <laughs> the Christmas tree falls over, <laughs> and then she has to like. It's super dangerous. Yeah, like they have like fly. She. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. She. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, so like, we'll we'll get into it in future sessions. But like, as their rehearsals progress, she turns it into like she. She wants to try to crowd surf. <laughs> yeah, because that's. I mean, yeah. The I like I like the idea that Chris is like we can do a rig and we can like <laughs> put her we can like fly fly her into the rafters and she's like or can I just crowd surf? <laughs> yep. And that can yeah. be the same thing. Stage dive. Yep. Yeah. The stage diving Christmas tree. Um. Is oh, is an incredible front page headline for a small town newspaper? Because <laughs> it's edgy. Yep. Oh yeah, it's iconoclastic oh, my too. Oh my god, that tree is great. That's the tree. <laughs> so yeah, well, well, that's her plan. We'll we'll see how that progresses. 
So this is this is an emotional meat grinder for her already. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we're 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 playing the game in like big. We're like a very top down mode still with this. Um, I got to try to figure out ways to get us back into like the day to day part. I, I dig it. I, yeah, I, I dig it because I got to figure. Sam's got to figure out a way to navigate this because. It's it's this or it's this or the Breakfast Club. Yeah, and we don't right. want to. So. Yeah, we don't want to do. We don't want to do the Breakfast Club. Um, yeah, like maybe like dipping in and out of like smaller narratives is a way to go. Um. Uh. So, Alan, you're leaving school on the day of the auditions. Um, uh, to go to work. Um, kind of relieved that like you're. You didn't want to be a part of this, really. Um, you're glad that you were able to, to push Chris into it. Um, it's, it gives her something to do. Um, and you are... You're checked out. Like, there's... All the teachers know that you're leaving, so you kind of have, like, this little bit of, like, liberty in the school. Like, brief freedom in the school. Um, so you go to your locker, you get your stuff. Um, you're walking out, and you hear this, like, faint crying... Um, coming from the girls' bathroom. Uh, do you want to investigate, or do you want to just get to work? Um, this character is really motherly. She'd have to go. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought. <laughs> so uh, you go into the girls' bathroom, and all the windows at this school are the kind that they open from the middle, you know what I mean? And they slant inward. Right. Um, and so, and obviously the windows and, and all the bathrooms have that like very thick, like frosted glass kind of look to them. You know what I mean? And so you go in there and you see a girl. It is uh, Brittany Lorraine is her name. She is the most popular girl in the school. She's in there. She's chain smoking. Ooh. Ooh. Um, <clears throat> so she's got herself like pressed as close up against the wall as she can to like blow the smoke through the window, like I imagine, I imagine the there's like those the uh, radiator in there that that doesn't work anymore. Like the radiator, they ha- the school hasn't been heated through um, that system in like 20 years, but they they haven't taken out the radiators yet. So she's kind of like like balancing on the radiator to like mash her face to blow smoke out the window, um, but it still kind of reeks of cigarette smoke in there. And she and she's have to be trying to get a little higher because those windows are usually above. Face yeah. Level. Yep. Yeah. And so, and she's, she's smoking and crying and it's a very weird <laughs> kind of scene. So what is, what is Aelin's reaction to this? So my sense is she probably hasn't gotten along with this girl, but she, there's no reason this girl would have necessarily bullied her and, and her character is, you know, motherly going to try to take care of anyone. So she'd probably try to figure out what's going on, but she smokes a lot. So the first thing she'd do to connect would probably be asking if she could have a smoke, right? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the girl's crying and she's like, "Can I bum the? Can I bum you?" <laughs> <laughs> she thinks that's yeah. Uh, Brittany probably smokes menthols. I th- or no, what would she smoke? <sighs> Palmols. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I just had this vision of Mrs. Rockwell, like, giving the kids, like, clove cigarettes. <laughs> 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 but, 
Brittany wouldn't have Brittany wouldn't have a clove. <laughs> There's no way. Um, oh, I had a friend who used this one. What are they called? Dejarums? <laughs> That's a weird flashback. Yeah, she wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, she's smoking. Uh, it's not. It's not Aylin's brand. Let's put it like that. We'll figure out those details another time, I guess. So uh, she, you ask her for a smoke, and she kind of um, gives you this like weird look, kind of sizing you up a little bit, and she she tosses you her her pack of smokes. Um, and there's a lighter. There's a lighter inside. I'd say it's not her brand, but this woman's so pathetic. She's gonna smoke whatever there is there. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's not going to make her feel bad. The worst is when sitting here crying, right? Yeah. It could be... So, Britney's cigarettes could either be Virginia Slims or Cartier cigarettes that her cousin sent her from New York. Yeah. Okay, fancy. <laughs> no, isn't, she the, isn't she, like, the popular girl that yeah. can have everything? So yeah, I really like... Those I like Virginia sets. Slims. Yeah. yeah. That sounds right. Cause those... Because they were designed... They, they came out specifically, like, in the... Like, two... Tailored for women. For yeah. the ladies. Yep. Yeah, for the exactly. ladies. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're hundred percent right. Have, like, she'd have she'd have to have special cigarettes. She's not gonna do the Marlboro. Yeah. Or the Palm Owls. Yeah. I mean or Camel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's not Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like like where she fits on like the social spectrum in the school in terms of like like is she trying to like does she try to hang out with the cool kids who try to act tough or is she cool because she's rich and I think it's more because she's rich. I envision her like a Cordelia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. From Buffy. Yeah. Yep. And Cordy wouldn't smoke camels. There's no way. Um Oh god no. Brittany has um but no, this would probably be too weird. I was gonna say she has like a um a custom like cigarette case, but that would be I think she'd be too young for that. Maybe she's trying to make something though. Maybe she she's taken like a a very like a sterling silver pencil case or something that she got when she was younger and is using that to stash her smokes in. I mean, she could have stolen one from her mom's closet. Um maybe yeah, maybe she has one that used to belong to her mom. Her mom is her mom is an issue. Um but we'll, we'll get into that um at another point. Um so yeah, she gets um, uh, she gives Aylin a cigarette. Does, is Aylin going to ask her anything about like what's going on, or is this going to are they just going to kind of stand there and smoke awkwardly? Because either either I works love for me. Awkward silence. <laughs> she, she's waiting for this girl to to open up to her, and she's staring at her, waiting for her to open up. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Brittany is definitely a, a enough of a brat that. Uh, she's gonna just stand there and kind of like angrily smoke, um, and 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 be in this standoff with Aelin, um Waiting. I think Brittany desperately wants someone to ask. Yeah. But Aelin's just tone deaf enough to not. Yep. Yep. That's good. So they they kind of stand there. Um, I think I think Aelin's smoked in this bathroom enough that she knows like where to stand to hear if somebody's coming. Um, there's probably oh. like a like a um a vent or something right above the door um and she's standing with like her heel up against the door so there's like that little bit of weight if somebody tries to come in and they just kind of stand there and smoke awkwardly for a few minutes and uh Brittany finishes her cigarette and she she tosses it out the window she reaches into her her bag and she has 
she would have some kind of perfume or something to try to mask the the smell. And so she she puts that on. And if it's a 90s teenage girl, it's got to be like vanilla bath and body works or something like that. <laughs> I, I Whatever it is, I just know that she's going to use way too much of it. Like overpowering. And she says, she says to Aelin, don't tell anybody about this. And then she, she goes to leave. She, and you see her, like she pauses in the mirror and she does that like big kind of, uh, like hype up kind of like moment. Like she's like, she's like, um, like grabbing the edge of the sink and like, like staring at herself and kind of like psyching herself up for something and like calming herself down, getting the tears away and everything. And she, she would push past Aelin if she had to, but she's gonna, she's gonna leave. And so Aelin, uh, finishes her smoke, <laughs> tosses it out the window, free cigarette, can't go wrong there. Um, it for goes a, to work. If you have for a working girl. Um, so there are two, there are two scents that she could, that could be popular with Miss Brittany. It could be Electric Youth, based on <laughs> Debbie Gibson's song. Or Colors by Benetton, which was another really very popular. No, actually, I did have that one. Oh, then it has to be that one. (laughs) (laughs) It has to be. I'm looking at the top, like, oh, there's also Joven Musk. That was, it was basically, it was, um, it was based on the question, what sexy is by the nine and a half weeks in Fatal Attraction. And then there's Love's Baby Soft. But I think either Colors by Benetton, because then that was really big, mm-hmm. or the Debbie Gibson one. That's what Britney would be using. Yeah. Because. I think it's got to be Colors because of the personal <laughs> connection. <laughs> <laughs> I can still, the moment I read that Benetton cause, I'm like, I can still. Oh, yeah. That's okay. I, when I. I smell it. I can smell my friend's clove cigarettes. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. So okay, that's so cool. So we've got them established for the day of the auditions. Chris, is, is so is Chris like a type A kind of girl? Like once she got hired to do this, would she try to insert herself and make herself like the third casting director? I think she would keep in her lane, but I think she wouldn't want anybody else in it. Okay. Like, so she would be all dominant in terms of this is what we're going to do for the lighting and the smoke and the effects and stuff. Okay. And she won't, she won't take input from anybody else, but that's going to be her domain. Mm -hmm. Like she wouldn't want to be a director or talk about the music, but she'd Mm -hmm. want to be king of her, queen of her castle. Okay. Um, so Chris is there when, when Brittany comes in for her audition and she's auditioning for the female lead and i think everybody there would know that it's it's her part to lose but uh she goes in and she she crushes it like for whatever whatever chris thinks about her and i guess if sam is there too like whatever however they feel about her however much they might dislike her because she's you know the most popular girl in the school uh, and and from one of the wealthiest families in town this girl's got talent. Uh, whatever piece she sings, she uh, knocks it out of the park. 
and Mrs. Rockwell is like all a flutter <laughs> about about it. Um, very happy um, and is, is saying things to her like, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see we'll see how everybody else does. You know, like she's trying to remain very neutral. In her, but it's really disingenuous, and everyone knows it. <laughs> everybody knows that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, because there's there's nobody in school who can come close to that kind of like ability, you know. And so, yeah. who would be? So I didn't think of this. I, I need somebody. I need a kid who's gonna. I need kids who are who are auditioning for the Phantom part. And I know that there would be a few boys who would who would want that. Um. Because they, so we, they they get the costume, they get the mask, they get to act kind of like mysterious and badass. Um, but they also have to. I have never watched the Phantom of the Opera. So. I haven't seen it in years. I mean, I know the premise. I know yeah. The premise. But we could have a character. We could have one of the characters really want it. Yeah. He's like a, a, a music major, uh, a little effeminate, mm-hmm. and he really wants to be in music theater. So he really wants this part. Yep. And then. Brittany kind of like wants to lobby for her jock boyfriend, yeah, because she wants to in- impress him. So there's kind of like this battle going on. Yeah, I was gonna say her boyfriend definitely has to be somebody who's auditioning for it, and he, uh, he sucks. <laughs> he's yeah, he has to not get it. He's he's terrible. <laughs> um, he, uh, I think. I think all of your characters would hate him on site. I think probably for different reasons, they would probably all have this immediate like adrenaline rush when they see him. Like just like their fight or flight, fight, flight or freeze kicks in when they see this boy coming. It's just almost this Sam, Sam, just, uh, this guy to be, to be named later. Um, there's like a visceral, like there's just bile that rises up within her. Yeah. Um, and I like the idea that this boyfriend um, is—it's an obligatory tryout, like because yep. because Brittany's been yeah. hassling him, and he's like, "Just fine, just yeah, sure." The Phantom of the Opera is there. <clears throat> is that? Am I done? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like he just like, and that, and Brittany gets really mad. Yep. Yeah, because she comes from you know a family of performers. Yeah. Right, and so she, she really wants this. She would see it as you know, this is a line on her college application, and it's prestigious. Yeah, yep. I like the name of her and her boyfriend, or I like the idea of her and her boyfriend having names that sound similar. So his name's got to be Brett, Brett and Brittany. <laughs> Brett is, uh, he's on the basketball team. Because I want him to be kind of gangly. <laughs> uh, he would he be the star of the basketball team? Probably. She wouldn't Probably. date. She wouldn't date like a kid on the bench. But Brett has a secret crush on Aylin. <laughs> well, because she's older, more mature. Yeah, she has a job. <laughs> she has a job, and so when when Brittany's not with him, he secretly goes and hangs out at the Mustardarian Cafe. <laughs> yeah, yep. And there's like a, there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole thing there about 
because does he have a crush on her or does he how do i want to put this there's like the like the romantic like has he romanticized something about like he's tired of being around this rich girl he wants to date a poor girl you know and is like yeah has almost like fetishized it a little bit he's blamed from pretty and pink (laughs) <laughs> except a little nicer yeah yep and that and that high school way of like Aylin's more authentic she's more real right <laughs> because she has to wait tables <laughs> I like I like the idea that he he's in my mind he's sort of becoming Reggie from um Arch, the Arch, remember the Archie comics yep. he's not Archie he's another guy um and he's he sucks, but he's not a bad person. Do you know what I mean? Like, but he is affluent, and he thinks that like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to date someone from the quote unquote wrong side of town? You know what I mean? Like, who's <laughs> not side of in the my, track. right? Like, yep. There's a it, it it's a very much ex- an expression of like class distinction. Yeah. There's a there's a and class I, distinction thing. There's like I right. there's it's a, romanticized for sure, but yeah. it's like yeah. oh she's so authentic, which really means she works a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's interesting. She pays bills. Yeah, that's she pays that's bills, yep. She yeah, has to like, pay for her own gas. Right. <laughs> she pays yeah, her own car so insurance like, or something. There's the Yeah. So there's the Brittany that he's like she has everything because she's uh-huh. famous to town. Um the scion of the town, as it were. But yeah. There's Aelin, who's like, and Aelin wants nothing to do with him. I really yeah. like that. I... Yeah, were... it's really offensive that he's even like right. looking just at like, her. Bro, yuck. Yeah. This is not a love triangle. This is you gross. <laughs> yeah, and he, he would be gross too, right? Because, there's, I mean, they're teenagers, and so there would be a sex thing here. And so if Brittany, if they haven't, if they haven't hooked up yet, he might also have conflated like poverty with um easiness yes <laughs> yeah trying to find a a polite way <laughs> of saying this without trying to demean anybody's characters um yeah he would he would completely have that um but Aylin's also older too so she's older like, yeah also associate like, that like he not only is she poor she's more mature yes yeah, yeah. and Aylin would be smart enough to know that's what he thinks and totally <laughs> be done with it <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> yeah I like only 45 minutes in and we've got our first like <laughs> the oh, kid oh Brett <laughs> oh oh Brett yep um so Brett Brett tries out and he does a really bad job and Brittany is like like clapping for him um and uh like as soon as he's done with his audition she like I, I imagine her like swarming him um like lots of little kisses and stuff and it's really gross and uh Ms. Rockwell is like okay like you know good job dear good good effort <laughs> yeah and we've got lots of boys who want this part so we'll see what happens and then uh yeah i think i think it has to go to the music theater kid um who i've named jesse jesse has to get it jesse he he does a pretty good job singing in his audition he, physically like his physicality is pretty bad but he i think rockwell just cares more about his voice than, than anything else 
Um, he's he's probably kind of clumsy. He's probably super awkward around Brittany. He's also I like not the, very confident. Yeah, I like the I like the idea that he's uh, that he's good, but a degree of magnitude less good than Brittany. So he's clearly better than than Brett <laughs> or yeah. most of the other people that try out. But he's not mm-hmm. even in the same category as Brittany. So whenever they're mm-hmm. on stage together, it looks like he's wor- not. Nope. Yeah. But when it's just him, he's like, oh, he's not that bad. Like, well, he could have a great voice, but yeah. not not grow not have grown into his performance. Yeah. So you know, like he has right. a perfect voice. He just doesn't know who he is yet as a as a person yep. and so he, he doesn't quite know how to be manly or how to act or yeah you know, puberty tough. didn't hit him as hard as some of the other boys so he's he's a little short he's he's definitely shorter than her by by a few inches he's a few inches shorter than than britney and britney's not like a tall girl by by any stretch jesse's a, a shorter guy when he uh, eventually when they get into like dress rehearsals and he has the full phantom thing on he he looks kind of ridiculous <laughs> right yeah. and like, his favorite movie could be Grease <laughs> yes Jesse is the kid who came back from break with the leather jacket yeah Jesse totally with, came back with, with the leather the word, jacket with the word thunderbird <laughs> yep embroidered on the back yep uh huh. And he tries, and he tries to imitate Danny Zuko. <laughs> and none of the kids get it, <laughs> except for the other theater. Yeah. The other theater kids are like, like, like your entrance today was so badass. When you when <laughs> yeah. you got off the bus today, cool. it was so cool. When you got off the bus, did you see how they were looking at your jacket? <laughs> it could be one of those things where it's a small town, so he. It has an overinflated sense of strength or um, skill because if you were in a bigger school, there would definitely be people who are better than him. But there's like five people. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, like he thinks he's like he thinks he's the like culture cool. Like he knows the movies mm-hmm. and the mu- the mu- especially the musicals. Yeah. Like Grease. Uh huh. And when did Grease two come out? Oh, I don't know. Let me see. You yeah. guys are probably faster because no. I'm on my phone. He, uh, I think he's the only boy in the theater stuff. 1982! Grease 2 came out in 82? Grease 2 came out. Okay. Yeah, so Grease 2 is an old movie for them at this point. During the 80s, it was still <laughs> super cool. So this is 90, this like, is it, early 90s, though. I know, I know but yeah. during, but if you were born, like, if, if you were that age, like this is exactly my age, then you yep. would want to be a cool, 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 cool writer. We definitely watched Grease at like cheer sleepovers and stuff when yeah. I was about this age, yeah. about this time. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean that that rings true. I like the idea that he's the kid who um, has dreams of going to. Um, this is a Pacific Northwest, so Seattle, like the big city. Um, to do to do theater, like I'm gonna get I'm gonna shake he, the dust off this town. Yep. You're like I mean, sure, you could definitely audition in Seattle. 
Yeah. And, and maybe get a walk-on part, but... He he name-drops, like, people on the Seattle theater scene. Yeah. If there is... I, I imagine there is such a thing. <laughs> there, there is. <laughs> like, he know He has, like... He's, he's somehow got his hands on, like, old programs, you know, from plays that they've done. He knows, like, he knows the names of big directors out there. He name drops. He's like a pre, he's like a proto hipster kid almost, but he's, he's definitely the only boy who is in the theater stuff at, at the school, which kind of like contributes to his confidence thing. I think a little bit, um, he gets picked on for it from the, from the other guys. Um, he tries to play it off as like, I'm the only boy with these girls in class kind of a thing. The way that kind of like, I'm envisioning him the same as like, the way that male cheerleaders try to justify their cheerleading, yeah. right? The way He's that those a big fan of Beauty and the Beast musical. <laughs> yes, it came out in '91. Yep. Oh yeah, totally. Uh huh. And yeah, he's yep. He's a big Murder She Wrote fan because of Angela Lansbury and Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and when she was in Samson and Delilah. <laughs> Okay, we need some kind of. Dude, we had. To... <laughs> no, go ahead. In po... No, in Portugal because we didn't have, we only had two channels, so they they put on movies uh-huh. on the weekends. So we watched all of the like old ones, like Ivanhoe <laughs> and Samson and Delilah with Angela Lansbury. Yeah. Yeah. So hence, <laughs> Mike's laughing at me. It was Portugal. It's kind of akin to. Midwest or no, Pacific I, I just haven't thought of Ivanhoe since the last time I watched Ivanhoe, which I think was in 1992. <laughs> so my mind is just flooding with endorphins right now. I really, uh, yeah. Of of Angela Lansbury. <laughs> she was the evil person. Just saying it now. Yeah, so he's a big Angela fan. Yeah. There, there's definitely a part in the audition where some, where there's uh, a couple of non-white kids who try out, and Rockwell um, treats them very much like the way that she did with Brett. But she's not gonna like it's it's determined before they come in that she's not gonna cast them, right? So even if they were better than anyone, they had no chance because she's got this low-level racism that she doesn't recognize. Yeah, like I like the idea of one of the kids from India coming in and sort of like a. A, a more traditional kind of um, dress, and the kids being like, "Like, what is this?" But they're they're dressed like a um, maybe they're trying their their audition is recreating some kind of like Bollywood performance or something. Um, and I I'm so out of my depth here with this um, culturally, but I, I like the idea of them coming in um, and doing like a a very accurate kind of Bollywood tribute. And the, like the other kids who are auditioning, who have probably done songs from Greece, <laughs> being like, "What? What the hell is this?" And Rockwell's like, "Well, My that's." Students have an excellent bungra team. It's a, a dance team, mm-hmm. uh, and that would be something that would be like recognizable and, and mm-hmm. to them, and would be a really big deal, but yeah. would not be recognizable to the other people. Maybe yeah. In town. Yep. Yeah. It, there's something. It's something like that, right? Um, what did we do? And, and Rockwell just. She doesn't get it. Um, Muncie doesn't like any of it <laughs> at all. Um, 
if it's not if it's not credence, he's not really into it. <laughs> so it, it smacks of not not real America, right? Like there's this <laughs> yes. You know, there's this this idea of what it means to be authentic, right? It's like, oh well, you know, this is what mm-hmm. this is what it means. Like musical theater, you audition with these particular things. Like you yep. audition with songs from Greece or the Songbook, <laughs> right? uh-huh. And like the kids, like I think the kids would be like, yeah, that was weird, but like not in a bad, in a, not in like a like a hostile way. Just like I was. That was strange. Yeah. Um, but the adults are definitely like, that was just, why would you do something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So then this town's kind of going through a transitional period, it yep. sounds like. Yep. So, yeah. she a, so she does this thing and like, she should know better. She should know what a good audition is. And then yeah. like, the kids are like, uh, that was unusual, but like, I don't think they would like be throwing shoes at her or anything. Yeah. No. If they were on the same click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the kids subculture. Yeah, there's not going to be like open hostility. I mean, there are definitely kids there who are racist who wouldn't appreciate it. Others, I think, like just I mean, you know, kids that age have like a more open are open more open minded to new cultural experiences sometimes. And so I think that there would be kids there who are like after after these after the the girls did this dance. Um, I think would be kind of like gushing about it and like your dress is so pretty and um, can you teach me how you did that kind of stuff. That's that's great because that's uh, like the uh, the the structural stuff that's like ooh exotic yeah right so it's like it's not open hostility but it's still like this allure of the the other right yep. like it's like yeah. oh, it's so gross walking that that very fine line of cultural appropriation. Right. Of like, and at what point are you? But in you, 1991, it wasn't cultural appropriation. Yeah, yeah. Or 90, yeah, 92. 92. It, it was just, hey, I mean, yeah. Yeah, how can we rip this off? <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't that. We, yeah, we weren't that. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't know that it was cultural appropriation. Yeah. I just mean, like, are they are they trying to find ways to like? So, in other words, are, 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 like, the girls on the cheer team trying to figure out how to incorporate this into the game on Friday and, like, totally rip it off um, versus, like, I want to learn more about, like, your culture kind of thing, right? And that's that's the fine line that I'm... Yeah. it's And I could totally see it being the former more, like, <laughs> more easily. Yeah. Right? than the latter though there are probably some there probably is that too but just like the oh that's a cool move we should right yeah like we'll incorporate too le- the remember the too legit <laughs> yeah legit to quit right like that makes its way into the cheer routine but then yep. also oh, yeah. like these like hip movements or, or or some such you know what i mean like like hey hey wait a minute yeah cheer squad uh-huh yeah like they they wouldn't accept her as one of their members but they'll absolutely rip her off yeah Boom. Uh huh. I take that. That's a that's a funny side plot, a sad side plot, because like she wouldn't she wouldn't realize what is what had happened until like it's it's the homecoming game or whatever, and they they bust out this new performance, and there's like thirty seconds of her dance in there, and she but they put her on the team to like help teach them the dance um, on the slide, and she maybe she's just like such a like naive kind of Pollyanna-ish that she doesn't realize what's going on and then has that like horror this horrified moment like her parents are in the stands um 
This is so off of what we were supposed to be talking about in this game. That's okay, though. Um, that's going to happen a lot. Because th- th- this is like a time capsule, I think. Right. Um, and we're all just kind of coping or working through some stuff. Okay, so day audition. Um, uh, a couple of days later, um, the second week back, uh, there is the like the big moment where Rockwell posts um, everything um, who got what part? And of course, Brittany was cast in the female lead. Um, Jesse is, is is cast as the Phantom. Um, Brittany is very upset <laughs> at this. <laughs> um, Brett is also pretty mad about it um, because he doesn't like the. He's very possessive, right? Even though he's trying to, he's trying to cheat on Brittany. Um, he's still very possessive of her, right? But what if he got a part kind of similar to Sam's part? Oh yeah, so yep. Oh, excluded. So everybody who auditions gets a part. <laughs> yep. Everybody who auditions gets a part, and it and so it's the it's the structure of Phantom of the Opera, but they have to figure out how to. They have a bigger cast than they need, and they have to come up with some way to incorporate all of these kids and their talents into it. I like Not the idea. Not the kids want it, but because parents. Yep. It's such a small town, mm-hmm. right? And they know that Brittany's mom would be like, oh, Brittany got the main part. And so. Yep. And it would be offensive to, to the parents if their kids didn't get included. Yeah. And cynically, like, a, like a vice principal probably sat down. The, 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 the vice principal probably sat down and was like, you have to cast all these kids because we, we know that their parents will come. Um, which means buying tickets for everybody's family. This is our moneymaker. They, I don't know if they would be cynical enough at the time to be like, we have to even cast like the Indian kid because now all the Indian families will come and we've had trouble getting them here before. Um, that's more of a, probably of like a two thousands level yeah. of like cynicism. But. but the vice the vice principal's wife owns a flower shop and so she'll be there like selling flowers for the performers. Yup. Yeah, and the the students can buy yeah the students can buy roses for a dollar. Like single roses for a dollar to give to the everybody after the show, that, which also goes to the activities fund, like this <laughs> mysterious activities fund. Yeah, that could be a good slush. mystery for the for the, this the slush fund. Yeah, um, I like the idea that Brett doesn't really want to be the fandom. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really care, but he doesn't like losing. Like that's the thing that really bugs him is yep. I didn't really want to be the Phantom until I now I'm not the Phantom and yeah. I knew I could have got it if I tried harder. But I also don't like this Jesse kid spending so much time with Brittany. Oh I, yeah, like there's just a whole, but like this horrifying like stew of contradictions. Yep, and like hormones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like, he didn't really want it. Like if he had got it, he wouldn't have tried. Uh-huh. But since he didn't get it, now he's mad about it because he doesn't like losing because he's a winner. He's a he's a winner. <laughs> he is a winner. Yep. <laughs> and everything he does this uh-huh. will, this aggression will like not stand. Oh, what's his name in um, the Breakfast Club? The Jock dude. Yeah, I don't remember his name. But but basketball. I know. I only like remember that's Emilio Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> but he has to win. Uh huh. Yeah. A lot of nuance to to Brett here. <laughs> a lot of shading. That's listen. That's part of the fun of this, though. Is 
like, hey, maybe, maybe can I play Brett? <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect to spend so much time developing like the the non-player characters today. <laughs> I thought we would dive right into the girls, but we are, I guess, doing more world building. Um, yeah, there's definitely a moment where there's like there's one rehearsal like very early on, probably the first rehearsal, right? Um, and Jesse has Jesse has his hand on Brittany's on her waist, right? Um, and Brett freaks out, and uh, he shoves he shoves Jesse, um, and and knocks him down, um, and probably like. Jesse probably crashes into like a piece of the set that they're building and like causes like this domino effect, <laughs> almost like one like a wall that Sam, that that Sam had just got up falls over and um, Brett is yelling at Jesse like, "This is bullshit! What do you think you're doing?" Um, I think Chris he, would be pissed because it would impact impede her from showing some of the effects that she was developing. Yeah, he took down all the, all the sets. So <laughs> she, she would get mad. <laughs> she just got the lighting right, like her first, her first go. She was happy with for this one, and she's she's putting way too much thought into it too for she, a high school she production. Just hung, she just hung the lights. Yeah. You know. Yep. And obviously, and like, Sam's livid for another reason. It's just because she has to do it over. Yeah. She didn't care, but now she has to do it again. Yeah. I don't get to get out of this until it's over. And you just added another four hours to, yeah. to my incarceration, <laughs> to the arts, my artistic incarceration, my oppression. Yup, Sam is so oppressed. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. When Brett yells at him, like he's mad that he that Jesse like incidentally is touching her for a rehearsal, but he's also throwing like homophobic slurs at him because that's that confused like high school boy masculinity. You know what I mean? And Jesse is super upset by it um, because maybe Jesse is closeted and nobody has really, including him, hasn't hasn't really realized that yet. So this is In this the is nineties. That would be very hard, especially if we have in like small town. Um, yeah, that would be a difficult time for a boy like that. Yeah. Yep. And so Rockwell swoops in, um, tells everybody to take five. Um, Muncie um, grabs Brett by the shoulder. And that like dad kind of like nerve hold <laughs> pressure points in your neck, you know, and like drags him away and you see him, you can't hear. I mean, I guess if you wanted to try to, to, if either of you who are there wanted to try to listen in, but you see him like he's, he's yelling at, at Brett and he's like shaking his finger at him, like finger right in the face, like one of those types of lectures. And, and Brett is really upset about this. And he he storms off, and it's like a it's like one of those moments like the the metal doors on the gym with like the push bar kind of thing. So like he he slams the door open, and so the bar hits the door, and then the door hits the doorstop, <laughs> like a bam bam kind of moment. And he storms off, um, and the door shuts behind him, and you hear him yell again like this is bullshit in the hallway, <laughs> so mad. And some of the kids help help Jesse to his feet. And Jesse's a professional, um, and so he kind of, like, he was starting to tear up a little bit, but he, like, quickly, like, um, dries his eyes and hand right back on Brittany's uh, waist, right where it was. <laughs> yep, he is right there. 
and so we need a, a scene to wrap it up for today um, with Aelin. So Aelin, you're you're not present for the auditions um, or any of the rehearsal stuff because um, you're working every day and you're not involved in the play anyway. I have no desire to be there. But you are, you're waiting tables and it's after school, maybe like 20 minutes after school lets out and the principal um, shows up um, with somebody that you've never seen before. Um, and the principal's name, my brain went to Mr. Skinner, which is not good for this show. <laughs> There's is copyright. It principal or female? We can make it a woman. Mrs. Stark. So Mrs. Stark comes in. Um, she's, she's part of the reason why you have this, uh, after school, like get out of school early card, right? She, she thought she was doing your, your family a favor, um, by letting you do this. She kind of sees you probably as like a charity case a little bit and is, is trying to do, she's trying to be very, well, how, how old is she? How old is Mrs. Stark? I would say she would be someone who the, the characters think is very old, but now we as adults would not. <laughs> <laughs> like 45. Yeah, exactly. 40. Yeah. yeah. Like she's actually not very old, but our characters perceive her as quite old. Yeah. Okay. Like yep. disco old. Like, wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. So, uh,. She, yeah, she views Aelin as, like, a charity case, kind of, and um, is kind of, like, trying to be motherly in, like, a weird sort of way. Um, like, that was part of this, like, hard work is good for you sort of sort of attitude, and has probably told her things, like, you'll learn more here than you will at school anyway, type of stuff. But you, so you're, you're working, and it's always dead. Like, you, you almost never have people come in for this extra time that you have when you're supposed to be in school. Um, and even after school, like there are some kids that come there. Um, uh, Mrs. Stark is there sometimes to, you know, get coffee with some of the other teachers and like coffee and like a piece of pie after school. And it's always weird to like see her outside of, outside of school. But here, she's here today and she's, she seems like she's all business. She looks like she's very serious. She sees you and she says, she says hi. Um, and just kind of slides into her usual booth. Um, and she's there for just a couple of minutes before somebody else comes in and he's, he's older, um, than her. Aelin would recognize her as being like an older man for our purposes. He's probably in his, his mid sixties. He's in a, uh, like a gray suit. Um, I think probably patches on the elbows. His hair is gray, thinning, slick back. He looks pretty rough. Like he's he's had a hard life, this guy. Uh, he comes, he approaches her table. Mrs. Stark stands up to greet him, which I think would stand out to Aelin. She's never seen her be like deferential to people before. She's probably seen her be like fake deferential towards parents, <laughs> you know, um, that kind of fake nice, um, but but never like genuine like this. Um, and he is kind of like gruff, like he gruffly like shakes her hand and, and sits down and Aelin. So what is Aelin going to do? So I think she would obviously just do the job because she's here trying to get some tips. Mm -hmm. Um, but then also try to awkwardly eavesdrop as she does it. (laughs) 
Okay. Um, so you you approach your coffee your coffee pot in hand, award winning smile, <laughs> right? Um, working for that twenty five percent tip, and uh, he he looks up at Alan and he kind of just like like nods towards his coffee cup. You fill him up, um, and then he just kind of waves you away. Like he's and Mrs. Stark says like we're, we won't be having anything today. And so, uh, in trying to, like, linger around, um, what would this be? This would be, I think, uh, a brains, a brains roll, right? To try to figure out a way to, to eavesdrop, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, so, polishing the silverware would be, like, a side work kind of task that she could argue she has to do it at the table right next to them or something. Yeah, and she's, maybe she's floating around checking the ketchups. Yeah, yeah. Just something absurd that is yep. side work that like, is work. Like turning the labels so they all match. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So the labels are all facing out. Yeah, and maybe oh, yeah. And it's convenient too because her her boss um his name is Pierre. That's his his fake French name is Pierre. Um <laughs> I, I'm naming him intentionally after uh, a friend of mine who has been listening. And his to this. real name is Peter. Yes, yes. His name is Pete. Pete Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, who goes by Pierre. Yep. Pete goes by Pierre. Um, the real Pete Smith will be listening to this in a couple of weeks and be texting me. Um, <laughs> uh, probably mad <laughs> at this, but uh, tough luck, dude. Uh, you're famous now. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Pierre is definitely very high-strung about this um, and wants everything to always look perfect, especially because Mrs. Stark has... I mean, she's not like a major power player in town, but she's still the school principal, you know, and so you want... Maybe he's angling for, like... Maybe every year the, the teachers have... like, Or the teachers of the PTA or somebody has, like, their end-of-the-year party there, and it's, it's always going to be there, but he never... He hasn't realized that it's always going to be there, so he's always trying to... um play politics, I guess, and play nice. So he's got, he's definitely got Aelin doing all this, like, busy work, right? Which she's already, she's already arranged the labels, like, ten times since she's been there, but he's not happy. And so she's able to, to hover around. Can you make, uh, either, I guess, a brains or a, a charm roll for me? Whichever one is higher for you, if you've got dice with you. I can roll for you otherwise. So... For brains and charm, so this character was... She's a young provider. So that puts her at... So charm is... Brains is D8 and charm is D10, so charm's the better one for her. Okay. Um, So that means I have to use a a die that has 10? Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. I got an 8. Okay. So you're able... She's kind of like um, humming... Uh, just like a random song, maybe something she heard on the radio. Maybe it is black or white. <laughs> yep, such a weird video. It doesn't get talked about enough in Macaulay Culkin's filmography, honestly. <laughs> and so she hears um, snippets of this conversation as she's able to float by. Um, the older the older man is talking and very low kind of tones about this um but he is um he 
he you hear them talking about the play and Ms. Stark is speaking in very like positive tones like um, the school board is very excited about this one um, we are able to to get a deal on the rights for it auditions are happening today and very confident that um, Brittany is going to do well in the audition um, and the old the older man is like that's good um, she'd better and it, he asked Mrs. Stark if everything else is is taken care of and she's like oh yes yep yep definitely <laughs> definitely is and we'll stop there for today <laughs> 